Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Hour two, stepping up here, Frank Stamfel, joined by the closer, Chris Ventra. What's going on, man? He turned it off on me. Oh, he turned it off? Oh, he left it on, and I turned it off. You turned it off. What's good? It's your boy, the closer here. Um, I want to give a shout-out to my boy, Timmy A., Timmy Anderson, um, you know, he threw the bat. He did the cool bat flip and everything. Got pumped for his homer yesterday. It is fourth homer. He's also got six bags of beast. Um, and then he got called out by Randall Gritchek randomly. <laughs> Not even a part of that game. Randall Gritchek calls him out. He sh- shoots back at him and says, you know, why don't you mention the person you're talking about? Because he just generally says that, you know, I don't think that's a cool, cool thing to do. Uh, stand in the box. He didn't really even stand in the box. He just did the bat flip, really. He got pumped. Uh, and then he said, you know, I'm going to be, I want to be the Russell Westbrook of the MLB, basically. He said, I'm not changing for no one. And I love that. I respect I that, love too. That. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's what the game needs, right? So yep. this whole initiative that they're putting out right now, let the kids play, hashtag let the kids play. You see the commercials uh, with Mike Trout in it and Francisco Lindor and, and Stanton and Aaron Judge. And they're trying to promote let the kids play and, and yeah. be more entertaining on the baseball field. Yeah. So I, I think you know this is kind of what baseball is condoning. They want guys to do stuff like this. And I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with Tim Anderson... You know, crazy bat flip, excessive bat flip. I will say this. I, I did think it was a little excessive, but you have to expect to get hit at that point with a pitch. And, I, and the yeah. thing is, I don't have a problem with I, that either. Me Everyone either. freaks out about retaliation. Look, as long as you're not headhunting for a guy, you plunk him in the ass with a pitch, Ventra. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Like, you showed him up, you hit a bomb, and you flipped your bat crazy. You have to expect to get hit your next time. So I don't have a problem with it personally. And I like the little flair that it adds. And then you have, you know, Renteria and Ned Yost going chest to chest and, <laughs> and benches clearing and stuff. You, you referenced the Randall Gritchick uh, tweet from yesterday, and this is what it was. Guys are getting a little excessive on pimping home runs, on meaningless home runs, too. Act like you've done it before one time. Like, Come on, Randall Gritchick. We're trying to have some fun here. Tim Anderson saying, you know, I want to be the Russell Westbrook of the MLB Basically saying, you know, Russell Westbrook brings it every single night. He's got this bulldog mentality. He tries to fire up his teammates by doing these, you know, excessive acts. So I don't really have a problem with it. There's going to be a lot of baseball purists who are like, just like Randall Gritchick, act like you've been there before. Mm -hmm. The game doesn't need this. And I agree wholeheartedly. If the game didn't need this, then why are we talking about, you know, attendance being down and no one wanting to watch baseball and how boring it is and how there's no entertainment value anymore with baseball and you know, there's there's barely any action at a baseball game. Yeah, no. This is what we need. You can't have you can't play both sides of the coin. So uh, I'm sorry if you're a baseball purist, and 
I wouldn't call myself that. I love the game of baseball, obviously. Mm -hmm. I appreciate a good pitcher's duel every now and then. I, I like the long ball. You know, there's a lot of aspects of baseball that I enjoy. I, I enjoy the strategic part of things. But, you know, guys acting crazy when they hit home runs, I have absolutely no problem with this yeah. at all. I love touchdown celebrations, too. Right. It took them forever to bring that back. Yep. I understand you want to teach and there's a reason why they sportsmanship. Back. Mm -hmm. But that's up to the parents to teach the kids, like, hey, you don't have to do everything that you see on television. Right. You know, just because a guy flips a bat or someone celebrates after a touchdown, teach your kids, you don't have to do what you see other athletes do. Mm -hmm. That's up to the parents to do. So I actually, I, I, like, I like it. No, I like that entertainment value of, of a guy pimping a home run and someone getting hit with a pitch afterwards. I like it. Yeah, and I think you're, you're like a guy that you're a little bit purist and a little bit new school. I feel like you're... Uh, you're both. I like to You're play both sides of the fence. Yeah, yeah, which is good, you know. I would say I'm more of a purist, to be honest, because I do like pitching duels. I do like old-school baseball. I did not like the steroid era, um, you know. So I'm not like the new-school people that like all the home runs and all this stuff. I like good pitchers' duels. So, like, for me, I even say the game needs something to draw the attention of youth, right? And this is it, you know. You need to have... Flair and personality and, and rivalries, right? And rivalries and all this too. stuff. Not just Yankees and Red Sox. Everyone who watches the NBA, not every look, the younger generation that watches the NBA, when they see someone get in each other's face, then they start talking about, oh, it's a rivalry. Now I want to tune into the next time these teams face because I know that there's bad blood between them. Right. Or if there's a playoff series between them. You're telling me that there's not an added excitement heading into a baseball series when you know that the two teams hate each other? Of course there is. Yeah. Absolutely. Look at the Yankees-Red Sox series. I mean, it always gets massive attention. Now, obviously, it's a rivalry that's been built in for years and years and years. So, But you want to build new rivalries. You want you know, new players coming up with flair, like Fernando Tatis and his golden dreadlocks. Like That's cool, whatever. Like It adds flair to the game. You need personality because it draws people in, and that's what people want today. This is what people want to see. They, get, you know, they don't have great attention spans these days, so you know, the game's long as it is. The games are getting longer because of challenges and all that. So you need this stuff. And, yeah, Derek Dietrich was one thing because Derek Dietrich's a nobody, and he stood in the box. I think standing in the box for a long period of time, unless it's like a huge home run that matters a lot, it's the playoffs, whatever, fine. But, like, if you're going to stand in the box for really long time, now at this point you're almost, like, antagonizing everyone. Now you're antagonizing the catcher and the pitcher. Tim Anderson didn't really stand in the box, and then the guy Gritchick says it's a meaningless home run. That home run put him up to nothing, the Tim Anderson home run yesterday. So it wasn't a meaningless home run. It was a big home run in the game. It was the fourth inning. It was 0-0. He broke the tie, and he put the first two runs on the board. That's big. He was happy about it. You know, let the kid play. Now, hit plunk him? Sure. It's an unwritten rule of baseball. You could plunk him. So plunk him. Yeah, as long as I'm you're okay not headhunting. And I yeah. agree with you regarding the Derek Dietrich thing as well. There's, look, Derek Dietrich is not the player that Tim Anderson is. Obviously, Tim Anderson has more prospect pedigree. There's mm -hmm. higher expectations for him. Uh, and Derek Dietrich, what he did, I mean, standing there looking at a home run for 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, all right, come on. You can look at it. You can so give deep. it the look. You give it the backdrop. All right, that's fine. You stand there for about, you know, six, seven, eight seconds admiring your home run. Like, all right. You yeah. Know, uh, it becomes. This is a little excessive. You know, you want to do a bat flip. It's not like Tim Anderson stood there. He threw his bat. And he got pumped. And he excessive. looked at his bench and he kind of went, yeah, let's go. You know, like he did like a, Derek, that's fine. Derek Dietrich, forget about that. Yeah, but Derek while, Dietrich, You know, while we're, we're talking about the Reds. I want to kind of get into this game here. There were a few day games yesterday, and it was a day, Ventura, where a lot of pitchers needed to get right, and that's exactly what they did. And we'll start with in this game with Walker Good Bueller boy, yeah. going up against Sonny Gray. Both of these guys look great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a, a, an, an A.J. Pollock three-run homer off Sonny Gray, which was his undoing, but for the most part, Sonny Gray only allows two 
hits, two walks, nine strikeouts nine against strike. this Dodgers lineup, we could be in for a huge Sonny Gray bounce back. And it doesn't surprise me one bit. I know he spoke about once he joined the Yankees, they wanted him to throw his slider more, and they wanted him to, to do things that he wasn't comfortable doing. Uh, and, you know, he goes over to the Reds, and they allow him to be himself a little bit more. Sonny Gray was always a guy who... Fastball, curveball, use his slider every now and then, and, yeah. and the Yankees wanted him to use his slider more. So I can't knock a guy for saying, look, I want to pitch the way I want to pitch. You know, uh, of course, a team is going to try and put their me- mentality on you, their organizational philosophy on you, but at some point you also have to realize, like, this is what me- has made a pitcher good for so long, mm-hmm. so just let him do his thing. Right. I think Sonny Gray could get back to that this season, Ventra. Possibly. I- I'm not fully bought in yet, but, like, I could see that. I- the other thing is, too, Listen, I was going to say, why couldn't he do this for the Yankees? But if that's the case, then maybe I understand. But even still, some guys just can't you know, pitch in, Yan- in. I think it's that Yankee Stadium. I think it's the more pressure. The pin New York. And yeah. it's not. This isn't just you know me being over the top as a Yankee fan. It's been proven. Yeah. In history. There's been a plenty of guys who great before they joined the Yankees. They joined the Yankees. They suck, and they're great after they leave the Yankees. Why is that? It's not that they just forget how to play baseball. They don't like the limelight. There's some, yeah, there's some guys that just can't perform. And, they can't you know, perform maybe, the line. Maybe Sonny Gray is, is one of those guys. But, you know, looking at his stuff through four starts here, over 10 Ks per nine, Ventura. The walks per nine, uh, the best they've been since 2015. He's got a 2.79 ERA. The, the ground ball rate is up over 50%. The FIP and the XFIP are both, you know, 3.06 or lower. And he has a lot to like with Sonny Gray right now. Yeah. If he's a free agent in your league, I mean, you got to pick him up. Let's see if he opinion. is. He might see, be. <laughs> I want to see what his ownership percentage is over on Yahoo here. So, Sonny Gray, 45% owned. It should be higher than that. Yeah. It should be higher. It's than even that. lower on ESPN. What is it on ESPN? 23.3. Is he available in your league? No. I would be aggressive on Sonny Gray if he's a free agent. On the other side, Ventra, Walker Bueller, much needed, enters this game with an ERA over eight. Six and a third innings pitch, just three hits, one run. It was unearned, one walk, eight strikeouts. Uh, against a a decent Reds lineup, they've been you know, inconsistent to start yeah. the season. There's been a few games where they go off, but for the most part, they haven't been great. You know, Yasiel Puig only batting 182. It seems like every day they're kind of mixing and matching, uh, trying to figure out what's working and what's not. Joey Votto leading off for this team. So I wouldn't say it's the toughest matchup, right. but you needed to see this from Walker Bueller. Great performance. Yes, huge performance for Bueller. Um, you know, hopefully people out there didn't sell him for glass now. <laughs> like, like we were discussing, uh, you know, you want to hold him. This guy is. You a, say you wanted to do that. Wait, you said you wanted glass now. I you want Walker Bueller. Which side of that were you on? I was on the I was on the glass now side. But I'm still saying to people that they, yeah. I'm you glad you held that? Bueller. Well, you stick with that. I mean, would you rather have right it's now close between to me. Bueller and Glass now? I mean, I think I would rather have Bueller, yeah. especially after this performance. I was a little worried. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little worried. Um, but you know, this performance helped a lot. And listen, I like Glass now too. I just think that the big thing with Bueller is I think that he could be more consistent throughout the whole season, whereas Glass now is really hot right now. It's a great guy to sell Glass now. That's what I was trying to say. Most of all, this is a guy you, you want to sell right now, sell high. Um, so you're but, not buying into Glass now at all, really? I'm not fully buying top in. 25 starting pitcher. I'm not fully buying in, no. Because I know there's going to be times where he blows up. Uh, you know, I'm sure Bueller will, Bueller will too as well, but like, I think Bueller's just more of a, a polished product right now and I think he will end up having a good season he just had a, a rough start and a lot of pitchers have so far in the MLB so I'm not going to fault him for that 
Uh, and this is a start you desperately needed to see, and you saw it. So now, you know, Bueller owners who drafted them as their SP2 probably, you know, for the most part, right? Uh, you, I you're feeling a little better. I drafted SP1 yeah, in a great fantasy baseball invitational. I took him in the third round, and I have to remind fantasy owners of Bueller of this. He got a late start in spring training. It's kind of similar to the Red Sox because both the Red Sox and the Dodgers go deep into the postseason, and they wanted to rest their guys to start spring training. They didn't want to ramp these guys up too quickly. So I got a little bit scared off Bueller, admittedly, when he was talking about a dead arm that he was feeling in spring training and how they were going to shut him down for a little bit and they weren't going to rush him. And I think these first couple of starts in the majors this season, in the regular season, were part of his spring training. Yeah. And now you get, you know, this is his third, fourth start of the season, and he looks lights out. So I think this is kind of closer to the product that we're going to get moving forward mm-hmm. as long as Walker Bueller can remain healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, another day game from yesterday, we had the St. Louis Cardinals going up against the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers. And of course, of all pitchers who can figure it out in Miller Park, Michael Waka. This is so frustrating to me because I have Jack Flaherty in a few locations, and Jack Flaherty... Two starts against the Brewers this year has been terrible. His other two starts, he's been fine. Right. And I also said yesterday, you know, I hope he doesn't have to face the Brewers again this year or for a long time. He faces them next week, Ventra. <laughs> Jack Flaherty has a two-star week next week, and he has to face the Brewers again next week. Of course. Thankfully, at least it's in Bush Stadium, if it's even called that anymore. I don't even know. Yeah, it's still Bush. So at least the start is in St. Louis, and it's not in Miller Park. So that's the, the one saving grace, but... Mm-hmm. Randomly, out of nowhere, Michael Walker goes six innings, two earned runs. I believe his last start, he had like seven, eight walks. This one, he only has one walk, has seven strikeouts. I mean, I, me personally, I'm not buying into no. Michael Walker, but I, I just don't know how this happens against the Brewers. And Jack Flaherty is a guy who gets blown up. I yeah. just don't get it. I mean, on a game-per-game basis, each start, each pitcher, you know, certain pitchers just don't do well against certain lineups. Uh, it's kind of like football, where, where like the Giants always get torched by the Saints. Um you know, the Giants get torched by everyone. They get torched by everybody. <laughs> yeah, the Giants stink. Um, especially this year, their defense isn't going to be good. But um, like certain teams match up well versus other teams. I think that happens with pitchers sometimes too. I also think pitchers just sometimes aren't even on their game. You know, they get thrown off their game. Maybe in the first inning, something happens and they get thrown off their game. But Michael Waka isn't for real. So to see him pitch well versus the Brewers, he just had a good game. You know, maybe the bats in the lineup also just had a bad game. You know what I mean? Game per game in baseball is very hard. To, to predict and project. You know what I mean? Like, anything could happen within one game. Absolutely. So, y- you want to see what he does further into the season. I mean, the start before that, he faced the Dodgers, Michael Walker, right? Because uh, it got completely shelled. Got completely shelled in three, three and two-thirds innings. So, you know, it, sometimes these things happen. You know, it, he's going to be inconsistent all year. I wouldn't worry about Flaherty. And I told you, I actually offered up a kid in my league, Tommy Pham and Chris Paddock for Jack Flaherty. And in my opinion, you're giving up way too much. And I, I think so, too. But I know that these kids will not give me a, a quality pitcher for, for, for something that's fair. I would just ride it fair. out, then. I wouldn't even overpay for a pitcher. I would just hit the waiver wire hard. Mm-hmm. You know, when some of these guys emerge, like you pick up a Frankie Montas, who we'll get into later on. Yeah, I You'll be able to find starting pitchers on the waiver wire who pop off a little mm-hmm. bit. And hopefully, they're guys that last well, throughout the season. But... If I'm in a league like that, I'm yeah. not overpaying to trade for a starting pitcher just for the sake of getting a pitcher. I understand, you know, you want to upgrade Paddock to Flaherty, but, you know, who's to say that Paddock doesn't get significantly better as the season goes on? I, oh, I agree. Yeah, I think you were overpaying big time. The, I don't think you should be doing a trade like that. And the funny thing is, the kid said to me, oh, uh, I, I'll look it over, but, uh, you know, probably no. And then I sent it to another kid who, ha- who I did it for, Shane Bieber, and he said no right away. So... 
pitchers are just hard to come by. Now I'm doing because I need to upgrade a pitcher. That's my weakest point. My top two pitchers are Aaron Nola and Jose Barrios. My third pitcher is Joey Lucchese. I need like a three, you know, a nice solid three. Joey Lucchese is my three at this point. Or Frankie Montas or, you know, Chris Paddock. These are my pitchers right now. So, but my offense is stacked. And I'm picking up Scott Kingery. I'm paying for him. He's going to play third eventually for me. And my outfield, I have too many. I have Dahl, Tommy Fan, all these guys. big for Kingery because when we spoke to Dr. Ray. Not too big. Gene Segura is not going to land on the IL. Now, he might be in and out of the lineup if this is something that continues to hamper him, but mm-hmm. I don't know if Kingery's going to play every day. Well, we could talk well, about Odubel it. Well, Herrera got hurt yesterday, too, so mm-hmm. that opens up a spot for him as That's well. That's what I'm saying. He'll get playing time here and there. I did want to bring up two other names on the, in this Cardinals side uh, before we hit the break. Paul DeYoung is hitting 342. He has four hits yesterday. He's got four homers, 17 runs scored, 10 RBIs. He's lowered his strikeout rate to under 20% this year. He's been phenomenal. And then Jordan mm-hmm. Hicks... Picks up his fourth save of the season. I think he's the lock, locked-in closer yep. for the Cardinals. And Paul DeYoung, he might be one of the biggest values of draft season. Yeah. If he continues to hit the ball this well and, and strike he's out. He's going outside the top 12 little, shortstops. Yeah. He could be the, the breakout. And a lot of people expected this, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I wasn't really on it. But so far, he looks for real. Absolutely. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about some pitchers who righted the ship. Carlos Carrasco, big-time game against the Seattle Mariners. It's Chris Ventura, Frank Stanfield, Greg Sussman somewhere. Fantasy best friends <laughs> forever. Fantasy sports. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 In this league I want to get into the graphic novels I want to get into the House of M I want to get into the Marvel You have zombies. said I want to get into the House of M For two years I have, I know. Buy it or don't buy it I have Shut it. up about it either way I know I want to hear what's going on in that The next time you talk about it Okay, I will Let's, let's do that I, Yeah, I, I have to hear what's going on in the thing next time Do you know what the House of M is about? I know it's about Magneto You've told me this ten times Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern On the Fantasy Sports Network And on your popular podcast providers Back on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
I'm back. You're not back. Back. I'm back. I missed. I, I'm. We're. I missed your open today, Chris. It's usually one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah. Yeah, you I'll, missed it. I'll go. I'll go back and watch it. I went right into Tim Anderson. Right into it. Right into it. Probably pumped. He said he wants to be the Russell Westbrook of the MLB. <laughs> you own a Tim Anderson player shirt yet? No. You should. I should. You should. A black jersey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would for sure get that. Yeah. Surprised you have. And it just so happens I play on the White Sox on MLB The Show. How about that? Yeah, got dressed by the White Sox. Stroke is pitching well, huh, Frank. Oh, yeah. You know I got this on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> got a little Soroka. What's up with this Soroka? Losing one zip right now. Pitching well, though. He's pitching well. So no one knows. That's the I would biggest... love to know if he's staying up there, yeah. Well, everybody no, wants nobody to, know. Knows, to know. But like we spoke about, and we continue to talk about with the Braves rotation, it's very fluid. If you perform yeah. well, I personally believe that you'll stay in the rotation. Now, you know who else performed very well last night, Greg? Kevin Gausman, who yeah. I was bashing, but he's he goes tragic. out there, throws seven innings, ten strikeouts. So annoying. You think he's got maybe a target on his back, and he's thinking, oh, well, they're calling these guys up. I want to keep my spot in this rotation. Competition uh, is good among players. Dude, I So he sees that, you know, top prospect Soroka's getting called up. You don't think in the back of his mind he's saying to himself, a doubt. if I don't perform well, I could lose my rotation spot? And then he goes out there and throws a ten strikeout gem? Of course he is. In my homely, I'm Come playing Kevin Gosman this week. Of course. So, well, you know so you're what? pissed. That's what I'm talking. That's fantasy karma, Greg. Bash because him. we bashed yeah. Gausman. I'll still bash him. You. I'll still bash him and say he stinks. And then when you face him, he's going to go off for a 30-burger. Probably, but I don't think anybody has him. But I'm saying, like, come on. I mean, 10Ks, you know he could K people. He's K'd people before. I'm not throwing, you know, that's not going to throw me off and say, oh, wow, you know, 10Ks, one walk. He's going to do that once in a while. That's why he's in the majors. <laughs> he's my, yeah. Here's my, my thing with Galsman, right? So he has 10 strikeouts yesterday. He's throwing his splitter significantly more this year. And it's always been his money pitch. But it's basically his only good pitch. And he only throws yeah. two pitches, Greg. So, so far this year, he's 55% four-seamer and 41% splitter. Now, can you survive with just a four-seam fastball and a split-finger fastball? I mean, that, might, that, that better be the best splitter of all time. Yeah. And, you know, he's throwing at 41% this year. And in years past, he's... You know, he's been around 20, 21%. Last year, he got up to 27%. And a lot of people think that's why he had success with the Braves is because he upped his splitter usage. So maybe it can work if he's throwing a splitter this much. But I would have to imagine, you know, the next time around that he faces teams, like if you're throwing a splitter that much, they're going to be sitting on it and they're going to be waiting for it. So maybe you surprise teams that, you know, haven't seen it before or the first time you play them uh, by how much you throw the splitter. But long term, can you survive with just a fastball and a splitter? I don't know, Greg. I, I tend to lean no. That's been the question we've had really with starters all year, right? Like, can you survive on two pitches? It's got to be a really unbelievable second pitch. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, obviously, it's how well do they play off each other. So a guy like Tyler Glass now, who throws, you know, 96-97 with cut action with his cutter, mm -hmm. and, you know, then his curveball is 14, 15 miles per hour less, you might be able to make that work because, you know, you're throwing a cutter that, you know, people aren't normal, uh, used to seeing a pitch that hard. Right. With cut action. And then a curveball that's 15 miles per hour less. And I spoke about this with Max Freed as well. And, you know, he's predominantly fastball, curveball. But his fastball is 94-95, and then his curveball is 75. You have a 20-mile-per-hour difference between your fastball and your curveball. Mm -hmm. I tend to lean that, you know, with, if you have the right two-pitch sequencing, you might be able to make it work. Again, long-term, 
Is it gonna is it gonna work forever? I don't know. I don't think but, so. Yeah. And for the season, for the time being, for the short term, for fantasy purposes, maybe can it work on a start by start basis? Probably. So far, it's been all right for Glass now and Max Fried. You know, Freddie Peralta. How about him? He throws a fastball eighty percent of the time. Not working. <laughs> Not working. So on the aisle now. Uh, you know, I think I think uh, I think Kevin Gausman yeah. heard heard some of these whispers, and you know, it, it was put up or shut up time and. He certainly Maybe that night. fire, yeah, is going to help him in the short term, but he's not a long-term. I mean, like, he's been around for a while, and he's only had one r- truly good season back in 2016 where he had 3 ERA. Those 10 strikeouts are tough to ignore, though. It's tough to ignore, but, you know, we've seen other guys have 10 strikeouts, you know, in this season alone that, you know, aren't usually that type of guy or don't do it consistently enough. Do you know in this Braves game, uh, back-to-back days, A.J., A.J. Minter did pitch the ninth, allowed two hits in that ninth inning in a tie ball game, but got out unscathed. He's still the closer pending Craig Kimbrell. Is that fair to say? Definitely. Uh, But I think they're going to keep rolling Minter out there and see if he can right the ship. And, you know, if he has a few more blow-up spots, we heard a report either yesterday or the day before that, you know, some mystery team was moving in on Craig Kimbrell. I mean, it seems like that's all we've heard in the offseason and nothing has happened yet, but... I think it's the Braves, and if Mincer yeah. continues to suck, then they're going to go out and get their closer, and it, it makes sense. Like he already has familiarity with Atlanta. So. Plus, Vizcaino's out for the whole year, really. That's right. You know, so, well, I think I they think need they somebody. Need yeah. Like, why wouldn't they use Winker as their lefty specialist sure. and then bring in uh, Craig Kimbrell? It would suck for people who own AJ Mincer, and I realize that. But from a baseball perspective, from the Braves' perspective. Why not? And, that, and that's Unless why... you just don't want to spend money. Yeah, and that's why you should tell everybody that basically temper your expectations for Minter right now because it might not be a secure thing for him being the closer for very long. And they saved all this money when they signed uh, Ozzy Albies to this extension that everyone's freaking out about. I know. So you save all this money. Why don't you uh, invest it somewhere else, right. Greg, and a guy like Craig Kimbrough? Greg Holland yesterday picked up his fourth save of the season. Been great. He's been great. <laughs> you know what his ERA is? Donuts across the board. Zero, zero, zero. Wait, wait, was it him? Okay. That's why I was, I didn't understand the big disparity between Hunter Strickland and, and Greg, Greg Holland, Holland early yeah. on in the season. Holland yep. did this with the Rockies. This guy's gonna have he was great. Job. When was this? Last year? Two years ago. Two years ago. He was amazing with the Rockies. It was like the first two months or something, right? Then he completely imploded. But right? it's Forest Field, too. I understand, but I'm saying, you know, he obviously has that pedigree of being good for stretches. I just hope he doesn't. You know, do the same thing he did. Listen, he's not going to have a zero ERA this season, but there's no reason he can't be good again. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Even if he has a high threes ERA and gives you 30 saves, you will You didn't pay for it, yeah. You'll 100% take that. I think it's doable. Yeah. I think so, too. I I don't see any sign, unless he gets traded, uh, of Greg Holland really hurting himself here. Before the break, Frank, you teased what Carlos Carrasco did last night. You heard Nick Costo say it a little bit earlier that he needed a big start from Carrasco, and he mm-hmm. got it with seven shutout innings, struck out 12, allowing three hits. It was a really, really good night for Carlos Carrasco against a Mariners team that seems to be coming back down to earth a little bit. Yes, it certainly does, uh, especially in the strikeout department. They're swinging and missing a lot. And yesterday for Carrasco, he was just masterful. And you needed to, you needed to see this from you know him and Walker Bueller. Uh, the twelve strikeouts yesterday, twenty three swinging strikes, eleven swinging strikes on his four seam fastball alone, seven on his changeup, five on his slider, uh, and he went heavy changeup yesterday. And I, so that's something I'll be paying attention to to see if he does that couple of starts in a row because you know he threw it twenty three times, which is a season high and. Again, he had seven swinging strikes on it, and you know, playing that fastball and, and change up together with the slider it worked out well. He had 12 swinging strikes, so mm-hmm. it's going to be something I pay attention to with Carrasco's pitching arsenal moving forward. 
Uh, he really needed that, and so did his fantasy owner. On the other side, someone named Eric Swanson went six innings, left two hits, one <laughs> run. He didn't walk anybody. He struck out five. I have a little bit of interest. That was obviously the question. I mean, it was going to be who the hell have is Have you Nick never Eric? had a little bit of interest? I, I, <laughs> Let me ask you that. Have you ever had not a little who, bit of interest? Who, who is this guy? Oh, he actually came over in the Yankees trade, Greg. Really? He was one of the lower level, we'll call it that, lower level in the, prospects. In the Paxton in the trade? Paxton trade. Okay. So it was Justice Sheffield, it was Eric Swanson, and it was a, an outfield prospect as well. Um, okay. So he was, uh, Eric Swanson was actually ranked as a top 10 prospect for the Mariners heading into the season. And, and you know, I looked into his numbers the past couple of years. They're damn like, good. Last year, AAA with the Yankees, over a strikeout per inning, the walks per nine were under two, 3.86 ERA at a 3.26 XFIP. The numbers in the minor leagues, he, you know, he's been around a strikeout per inning, solid ERA. I have a little bit of interest. I have a little bit of interest yeah. in, uh, in Eric Swanson. And, you know, I looked into his arsenal and what he throws. He doesn't blow people away. Right. Um, and he's more so projected as like a back end of the rotation kind of arm. Mm-hmm. But I think in deeper leagues, you know, if you're just trying to find someone who could give you innings, I think they're going to give him an opportunity. And he has decent prospect pedigree, not a top prospect, but decent prospect pedigree. Yeah, he, so he has my attention. You got to like what he did last year. Yeah, in the minors overall. Um, 266 ERA, only 93 hits in 121 innings, 139 strikeouts, only 29 walks, great peripherals across the board, one whip, 210 batting average against. Like, that's solid numbers. Now it is the minor leagues, so you don't take it, you take it with a little bit of a grain, grain of salt here. But, you know, if he continues to do well, watch list. Is he locked in this rotation for Seattle? I don't know that he's locked in, but they don't have a lot of great starting pitchers, Greg. So, uh, I think if he performs well, why wouldn't they leave him in there, right? So I'm looking at their rotation right now, and they have uh, on roster resource, they have it as Marco, Kikuchi, Mike Leak, Eric Swanson, and Felix Hernandez. Is there uh, Wade LeBlanc well, is on the IL. He's on the, on the IL, IL, but, yeah. you know, if Eric Swanson p- yeah. uh, pitches well in his absence, you know, Wade LeBlanc's LeBlanc, not going to come back and, and take his spot in the rotation. No. So uh, I have some interest. Yeah, look, uh, 3.31 ERA in his minor league career, 362 strikeouts. And 362 innings pitched. Yep. I think there's a little something here. We'll see. Yeah. Deeper league ad for sure. Yeah. And then, in, you know, 12, 12 team, you keep them on the watch. Yeah, scout them for now. I agree with that. The Mariners did not score a run last night. Um, Domino Santana did have a double his fifth of this season. He went one for four. Only run scored by the Indians was a Jake Bowers homer. Uh, Jake Bowers now had his second homer of the year. Bowers is a guy I've been wanting to be good. This hasn't happened yet. 226 average uh, with a 317 OBP on the year for Bowers. Mm-hmm. How can you not trust anything that the Tampa Bay Rays do, right? So what I mean by that totally. is totally. they trade away a guy like Jake Bowers. Yep. They know something. They know something. Yep. And remember, I spoke to you about this in the preseason, Greg, is that Jake Bowers, the way that baseball is trending right now is towards platoons. So, can you play this guy against lefties? He was really bad against lefties last season. And mm-hmm. I know it was, you know, as a rookie. Uh, but yeah, he is only 23, mind you. You know, he pulled, he's an extreme pull guy. And the way that the shift is going right now, unless, you know, in the future they ban the shift, he's going to hit a lot of balls into the teeth of the shift. And you think the Tampa Bay Rays aren't thinking about all these things? Of course they are. So, mm-hmm. he was a decent prospect for them, but I think they saw him come up and he can do some nice things. He might be able to be like a tw- you know twenty homer, ten stolen base kind of uh, outfielder or first baseman, corner infielder for fantasy purposes, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But he might do it with a two twenty batting. Yeah, he's average. never he's never going to have a high batting average. He has decent plate discipline. He can walk, but 
I think the Rays see, you know, this is a guy that's going to hit a ton into the shift. He pulls, and he might struggle against lefties. And how can you bet against anything that the Rays do right now? They trade away Archer. They get Glass now and Meadows. Both of those guys have been amazing to start the year. <laughs> you remember who they traded uh, Bowers away to get? Yandy Diaz. That's right. Yeah. Might I remind you, Yandy Diaz has been one of the most surprising fantasy options this season in fantasy baseball. So, mm-hmm. look, man. Their whole lineup. I'm saying I trust the Tampa Bay Rays. The whole so. Tampa Bay lineup. I don't know that it's... Brandon Lau. I don't want to write him off. Like, he's still super young, and I, I want to root for young players yeah. to have success, Greg, but... I don't know that Jake Bowers is going to turn into this great player that everyone wants. No, to. maybe not a great player, but he he does pretty much, like he's got the power speed, like a little bit of it. You know what I mean? He could get there, and he could do everything well except for, you know, the average. The average is never going to be what you want it to be. It's going to be like 250 tops, you know? I'll ask 260. you 260. If he turns into Steven Souza, are you cool with that? Because that kind of looks like what the trajectory is for Jake Bowers. I think he might he could be a little better than that. And and that's being optimistic because I don't even think that he has the same type of power that Souza has. I think he's so got Sousa a little more speed a, though. Souza has a has a 30 home run, 15 stolen base season under his belt. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that Jake Bowers can get to that. I think he might 30 homers would be a straight. Yeah. 20 to 25 homers max. He is 23. Maybe 10 to 12 stolen bases. He is 23 years old though. I'm he not might saying be a guy this that year. Struggles against lefties, struggles with strikeouts. This might be one of those guys that you see like 2 years from now and be like, "Wow." Jake Bowers is starting to rip. You know what I mean? Like again, I want young players to succeed, but I have my concerns. Give him a couple of years. I think he's going to need time. All right. So Venture's buying him in a dynasty league and leaving him on his bench. Future. Let's, let's look at what he does a couple of years from now. Yeah, it's two like, years from now. Oh, what have you done for me lately in fantasy? That's what I want to know. So Venture wants to know too. So that works. That, so that works out. What do you want to head next, Frankie? Should we talk about the bull? The bull. The sure. Bull. Yeah, I had this game on in my house. I had this one on the laptop. I had the Yankees on the television. You know, I'm not sure. There's, <laughs> I don't think there's a ton of people watching the Tigers and the Pirates in New York yesterday, but mm-hmm. I was one of them. And Spencer Turnbull, I, I streamed him in a few locations. He bounces back, Greg. He has good stuff. Uh, he let us down against the Indians. There's no doubt about it. That was a good matchup that he was su- su- supposed to succeed against, and he didn't. But yesterday, gives you more of the same. You know, he throws a mid-90s fastball. He's got these big breaking pitches. Six innings, one run. It was unearned. Only two hits, only two walks, almost a strikeout per inning, five strikeouts. I like Spencer Turnbull, man. There's a few guys that you've picked up early in the season that I think might be able to help you for the long haul this year. Matt Boyd was one that people picked yep. up, and I like Matt Boyd more than Turnbull. So, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of these starting pitchers, and Montas, we'll get into him in the final segment as well. Montas and Boyd and, and some of the... Marlins guys, but I think just a step below them is Spencer Turnbull. I like him. I like his stuff. I like what he brings to the table, Greg. Man, the Bull next week will have a two-start week as he faces off against Tough the Bow Sox and the White Sox. Two Sox. The Sox. Do you yeah. start the Bull against a struggling Red Sox offense and the White Sox from Chicago? I probably am, but... The Bull! You hear the hesitancy in my voice just because it's against the Red Sox. I love the start against the White Sox, but... Red Sox won. I'll tell you, it's two start. Did you mention that? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I Sox and socks. Socks and socks for the week. I think if you if you don't have a lot of other options, is he available go in for your it. home league venture? Yes, like, he is. Yeah, pick him up. He's available in my home league too because I dropped him. He sucks. He doesn't suck. He didn't suck yesterday. Compared to a lot of pitchers out there, he most pitchers I fly. He doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. It's a tough Wait, first matchup. Say he sucks after he what does. he did yesterday. Yeah, 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 he doesn't. It was frustrating last week. <laughs> uh, Trevor Williams. We got to talk about him. We have not mentioned him yet. On the show. And I think we have to. 
Because on the season, the ERA yeah. sits at 2.59. Yesterday, he went six innings, allowed just six hits, two runs. He struck out five. People were questioning if what he did in the second half last year was real or mirage. And we were more on the mirage side. But thus far this season, he hasn't gone less than six innings. He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs. Doesn't really. I mean, he had one start where he allowed three walks. The others, no more than one. Strikeouts, you know, not great, but not terrible either. Mm-hmm. Is Trevor Williams real or mirage? Are you buying back in, Frank? Are you believing this? He's a really interesting pitcher, actually. So, you know, this is actually the first time that I've looked into some of his deeper numbers as well. And his K per nine is around 6.2, Greg. Uh, it's actually lower than last year. But how about this? His swinging strike rate last year was 7.9%. This season, 10.6. So his swinging strike rate is up almost 3%. Yet his K per nine is actually lower this season. I think more strikeouts are to come. And the underlying numbers, 70% first pitch strike percentage, getting ahead in the count. Last year, it was 60%. He's getting opposing batters to chase pitches outside the strike zone 37.7% of the time. That's up 6% from last year. His hard hit rate against, 21%. So he's inducing a lot of soft contact. He's not a guy that's going to overpower you. He throws about a 91-mile-per-hour fastball. He's heavy fastball, uses a sinker, change-up slider. But I think what you see here with Trevor Williams, Greg, is sequencing. He's a guy that knows how to pitch. I think more strikeouts are coming. I'm buying in on Trevor Williams. Wow. I I like these underlying numbers a lot. Buying in on Trevor Williams. One guy I'm buying in on, all in, Frankie Montas. Yeah. We'll talk about Montas when we come back and wrap it up. Fantasy BFFs. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. Make it rain. Nearly 54 million people watched Game of Thrones illegally. Meaning they didn't pay for that crap. They did it in some other means. They're saying that the amount of legal downloads was around 17 million. The amount of illegal people uh, downloading and watching this was somewhere around 54 million people. Guys, get used to that. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. The Buffalo Bills open up against the New York Jets. And then week two, Buffalo Bills play against the New York Giants. Very, very strange. Open up with two consecutive games on the road. Get in the same stadium. How could a team could ever have opened up on the road against two different teams and two different conferences in the same stadium? Can only happen in one place. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
back on the BFFs. I'm just going to bring this conversation to air. <laughs> so Frank just goes to me. Listen, there's a lot of similarities between you and Costas. I see it. I hear it. But the one thing that is different, you look 10 years older. And he looks <laughs> 10, 10 years, years younger. younger. I was like, what? So they're 20 years apart. Come on, man. You're supposed to make fun of your best friends. Look, if you're not going to make fun of... If you can't joke around, Greg, then yeah. come on. What are you doing here? He's just... What Great. were you doing the whole time you were gone? Were you getting your pants hemmed or something? I wish. Were you putting them in the freezer so they would get icy hot or whatever? I don't know. What do you call it? Icy jeans? Raw. Raw denim. Oh, raw denim. Raw denim. Never done that before. Right. Well, maybe you should just start. I got to say, they don't look bad on you, though. I, they the don't. bag of jeans. They don't look good. They're not, that's not your style? No. Yeah, I'm more of a slim fit guy. <laughs> when you walked out of the room before, Casos was in here talking to Lou Pellegrino. He just goes, yeah, he's got to fix those jeans. <laughs> Oh, God. You're going to see Greg walking. Greg's going to go buy sweatpants from Odell's. You're going to see Greg walking around in sweats for the rest of the day. <laughs> I would love to see it. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, Just God. kidding, Greg. Come on. Have some fun. He's not a- well, you, know how, you know how I'm going to have fun? You're going to have fun. Let's talk about Frankie Montas. Yeah, Big Frank. Big Frank. You guys sold me on a couple of weeks ago. You said you got to pick this guy up. You got to pick him up. It's real. He was... With the Marlins guys and Corbin Burns, that whole crew. A little better than Corbin Burns now. Frankie Montas. Corbin Burns gets shelled, yeah. Frankie Montas was in that mix. But he was the one guy that I believed in. I picked him up. Yeah. And last night I started him at home against Houston. That was ballsy. Old move. That's ballsy. I benched him. I like it. I benched him too. And he went six, six and a third, allowed three hits, two walks. One run and struck out six. Beautiful start. Beautiful start. 88 pitches through his six and the third innings. He was just mowing them down all night long. He was awesome. Could have went seven or eight. Very easy. Got a little bit of trouble in the seventh, but uh, he was awesome last night. It was Frankie Montas. What do the underlying signs say, Frank? Yeah, look, it's his arsenal is an interesting one. It's, you know, he throws Basketball 97 splitter. miles per hour on average. He's got a fastball. He's got a slider that he throws around 88, 89 miles per hour. I mean, just in terms of just raw talent. It's dirty. That's, those are the type of things that we're talking about with guys like Syndergaard and, and DeGrom. And I'm not saying that, you know, Montas is on that level. But if you're just talking about a guy that can throw upper 90s and a slider around 90 miles per hour uh, and mixes in a splitter yesterday... 84 miles an hour, enough, right? only threw the splitter six times, That's which is a pitch that he had been using more this season. He's been using it around like 20%. But he's still game. developing it. But he only threw it six times. That's why, yeah. Season low. But ultimately, I think he went with what was working. Right. Which is what we said about Paxton the other day, right? So, it, it, you know, your arsenal is not set in stone. You don't have to use the same amount of pitches every single start. I mean, you go with what's working. And clearly, he went with what was working last night, and he was great. You know, the Astros, the Phillies, uh, the Rockies in Coors Field, and I'm forgetting another one. The Brewers. The Brewers in right. Miller Park, right? Like, normally, I don't want to start any of my starting pitchers against the Houston Astros. But Montas goes out and does this. Really impressive, man. Really impressive. Yeah. And I think he's a guy that could potentially get better as the season goes along, Greg. Montas had some prospect pedigree. We heard his name for a few years. He bounced around. He's kind of been a journeyman. Uh, he's going to get every opportunity with the A's because they don't have a good rotation. He, to me right now, he's more of a thrower. He throws really hard. And right. I think as he learns how to pitch more, he's going to get better. Which I think we're seeing, though, right now. You know, Especially he, last night against the Astros. Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, he pitched against the Astros 
at Houston and pitched pretty well, too, in that start. He got into trouble there. You know, uh, he walked three guys in that start and stuff. So, you know, he got himself into trouble there. But that's a very good lineup, maybe the best lineup uh, in the AL. Mm-hmm. And, listen, I, what, that's what I'm saying. When I first saw this kid start, throwing 96-97, you already have an advantage over a lot of other pitches. If you could harness that and do that consistently on top of that slider, and he could put that splitter in his back pocket. He didn't even have to use it yesterday. If he, let's say his slider wasn't really working, he could go to that splitter more. That's a nice little weapon, a little thing in his back pocket he could throw out there, and that splitter's pretty filthy too. It's like 84, 85 miles an hour, just drops off the table. Um, Like, I think this kid could be something serious. You know, I think he could be better than just good. I think he could be possibly great. Down the line, maybe later in the year. I think it's going to take him some time, but as he grows, he'll hasn't, be better. Hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in any start. He's made four starts in the season, two of those against the Astros. We talk about, you know, when you go up against opponents that you're supposed to dominate, um, you know, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. And against the Angels, you see him in his first start, and you're like, all right, let's see what he could do. And then against the Astros, he was all right his first time around. Uh, and then the Orioles, quality start, gives up 300 runs, but then yesterday against the Astros. So he's already faced the Astros twice and still has a 2.70 ERA and a, a 0.94 whip. Beautiful. 20 strikeouts and 23 innings pitched. Man. It's looking good right now. I am very interested in Frankie Montas. Must, I mean, he's got to be owned. Yeah, is he a must-own in all leagues? I think he's, he's got to be. has to be. Okay. And he's only 29% owned. He's got to be. Think about that. People are sleeping. You're listening or watching this show right now. Go to your league yes. and make sure Frankie Montas is owned. Yep. Because he should be owned in more than 29% of leagues. Rangers and Blue Jays next week in the double start for Frankie Montas. Oh, he's got the two-star week now. Because no, originally he no? didn't have the two-star week. I think he... Does he not have a two-star week? He has... Um, so, April 23rd, Texas. At yeah. home against Texas. Uh, and then April 29th at Boston. Oh, he doesn't get the... No, he doesn't have a two-star week, right? Yeah, because they oh, have a break did. April 25th. That's annoying. I misread that. That I'm sorry. So it's just it's at okay. home against Texas, which I'm fine with. Right, anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Normally, you know, you Roman might be then. a little scared about going to Texas because it's warm and the ball travels well there. But the game is in, in Oco, Oakland, and it's against the Texas Rangers, which is not a great lineup. I, I like yeah. that start. I'm fine with that. Start him. Get him in your lineup. All right. Mm-hmm. So we're all good. We're, we're all, all good with that. We're all good, we're all good with that. We're all unanimous right. on, on Frankie. We are unanimous on, on Frankie Montas. We're we're all in. Love it. I say I love, love it. Um, Blake Trine and Lou Trevino did their thing. Uh, great back of the bullpen here, of course, uh, with the Oakland A's. Probably the best in baseball, arguably. Yeah, and Montas already has three wins, so I think that's something that factors into it as well. The fact that he has a great bullpen behind him. Sure. Hold on to his leads. Sure. It's true. Where are you going to go next, Frank? What's on your mind, bud? <laughs> bounce around a little bit. What do we got here? I, I just want to make sure I don't know anything you, you already did, you know? I wanted to talk about Kingery. Scotty. Scotty right. Kings. Scott. Sure. Uh, what do you think about this guy? Is this uh, permanent? Well, it's not, per- it's not permanent. He's not going to have permanent playing time. So it's not permanent. And we talked right. a little bit about this with Dr. A. Gene Segura could be back soon enough, but he may have injuries. Uh-oh. I got Mike Audible? Sor- Mike Soroka just happened. Um, <laughs> All right. He'll get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Segura, according to Dr. A, could be in and out of the lineup all year. If that's the case, you want Scott Kingery because like, he has that... Top prospect pedigree, for right. sure. I think he could be really good, but will he have the time, right? Will he play enough every day? That's the question. I think he's good right now. I'm interested. What I do like... And, and what, uh, Oduba Herrera got hurt yesterday, too. Right. So that opens up a spot in the outfield. And that's the thing. He plays... He he's play already played, uh, I think, third base three times. He played shortstop twice. He played second base. He played the outfield. He plays every position. 
it's a beautiful thing. So when someone gets hurt or someone's at a lineup that day, he's going to get so, so much playing time at different positions, he's almost going to be a full-time player at this point. Uh, so I think this is a guy you could pick up in most leagues, especially 15-teamers. I would absolutely pick this guy up, and I'd pay a little bit for him. A little bit more than you're comfortable with. Small sample size, too. His sprint speed, according to Baseball Savant, 96th percentile. So last year, part of the reason why he was getting hyped up as much as he was is because he has an interesting power-speed combination. It's not like that's gone away. Right. He still has the ability Just had a bad to year. steal bases, too. Right. You know, if he was an everyday player, there's a chance that he could be a you know, 20 home or 15 stolen base guy, which obviously has value for fantasy. Yeah. Whether or not he's going to play every day, I don't think anyone has that answer, but, you know, it's kind of similar to what we say about Garrett Hampson, even when everyone's healthy, right? If they want to give uh, Oduble a day off, then they'll get Kingery in the lineup. If they want to give Cesar Hernandez a day off, they'll get him in the lineup. Give uh, Michael Franco a day off, they'll get him in the lineup. Right. If they play six games, they can find ways to get Kingery in the lineup at least four times a week. Right. Now, is that a must-add player? I don't think so. Right. You have to project. Is it a stash in a deeper league? Sure, yeah. I would yeah. want to stash Scott Kingery right now. Yeah. I picked See him up if, in one league If something stash. else happens. I'm know, interested in it. If this Oduble Herrera injury is serious, or if Gene Segura, you know, tweaks something again, then, mm-hmm. then he has everyday playing time, and then I'm interested for sure. Yeah. But There's something we always right? say, Yeah, and I, do, I have him stashed somewhere right now in one, one league, but there's something we always say about, like, you know, the cream rising to, eventually rises to the top, sure. right? Uh, I think Hampson, Verdugo, and Kingery are these guys are the cream, and they will eventually rise to the top. And I think all three of them will eventually find their way to full playing time at some point this season. My favorite all three of them. Macho Man Randy Savage promo of all time, Greg. <laughs> the cream always rises to the top. You have to know that one. I don't. What? <laughs> I don't. You're a wrestling fan and you don't know that promo? It's Macho Man right there. Oh, man. Is there a chance anyone downstairs, if you could the find that real quick? The cream always rises to <laughs> oh the top. Oh, my God. That's a great promo. Macho Man, the cream always rises to the top. If we could get that promo downstairs, that would be awesome. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Kingery, the, you know, we're talking a lot about cream rising to the top. Um, <laughs> last year, he had an opportunity, and the cream did not rise to the top. Venture. Yeah, I know. So, I think Kingery's a little bit different than Hampson and Verdugo. Those guys haven't really had an opportunity shot, to play right. every day. Kingery kind of did get an opportunity And he got a deal. Year, and... He didn't put it together. He's still super young, and you know they're devoted to him because they signed him to an extension before last season even started, before he even had a plate appearance. Exactly. Yeah. He's only 24 years old, so I'm not writing him off. But he had an opportunity last season, and he did not take advantage of it. Yeah, but absolutely. What do we, absolutely. What do we say about young guys that you know sometimes have totally been, right? it takes a little while. I mean, Clint, Fra- while. Clint Frazier, another one with the Yankees right now, that is not have ample opportunity like Kingery did last year. But he's but using taking it. advantage right now. Yeah. Reminds me a lot of Glaber Torres, and they spoke about it during the broadcast yesterday, right? Like, you get an opportunity to play, and you make the most of it, and then when the time comes down to everyone being healthy, how can they afford to take you out of the lineup? They can't. If, no. you're, if you're performing that well, so. Exactly. We'll see what happens. Oh, uh, we got the Macho Man here, huh? Regarding Clint Frazier. Let's hear I, this. I think he'll be in the Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference here. <laughs> I'm living a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it. Yeah. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am. Oh, my God. The cream, yeah. the I am. The is, that, is that edited at all? <laughs> my way. On balance, off balance. Uh, it's, all, it's all jumbled up. Jumbled up. Wait yeah. a minute. Yeah, but that's basically the gist of the promo. 
He I says cream am. so creepy. Oh, like cream. if a woman was right next to him, she might be creeped out. I'm sure his wife I'm Elizabeth was. I'm right. sure Elizabeth was. Oh, well, Elizabeth did. loved him to death. No, right? really I was, did. Yeah, I was that, that's also not true. They later divorced. Macho man. And then she took too many pills with Lex Luger. I'm sure Macho Man did oh, too. Too soon, Greg. Is it? It's always too soon. You mentioned Jeff Samarja before. Like, oh man, should have picked up Mike Soroka instead of Jeff Samarja. Oh, let's get a Soroka update here. All right, he's trying to work out of trouble, Greg. He had bases loaded, one out. It's now bases loaded, two outs. He's Same trying. score. One but six. you didn't mention what Jeff Samarja did last night, right? Yeah. I did not. Well, it was a tough matchup, right? So I, I like Jeff Samarja, but he's a guy. Admittedly, you have to pick and choose your spots. You have to know when to use him. In the right matchups at home, obviously in, in Oracle Park now, San Francisco, there's, you know, more often than not, I would like to use Jeff Samarja. Yes, but on the road against Washington, if you were paying attention here, you should have known there's no way that he's in my lineup here because it's, just, it's not a good spot. On the road, in Washington, not that it's a hitter's park, but it's a hostile environment. It's a, it's a tough lineup, obviously, to navigate your way through. Like, there's no way I would have had Jeff Samarja in my lineup yesterday. And even after allowing four earned runs, Greg, Still just a 2.91 ERA and had seven strikeouts in five innings. So, you know, if I'm looking at this as a glass half full Jeff Samarja fan that I am, <laughs> he still had seven strikeouts in five innings, but I, he wouldn't have been in my lineup anyway. The shock. I didn't, I didn't like the spot. They call him the shock. Jeffy Shark. I say the baby shark. There it is. The baby shark. Don't play the baby shark. Please don't play the baby shark. The cream. I'll kill myself. Dude, so listen. Samaja, though, he's like a glorified innings eater, though, too. At Toronto oh, that's next week. Exactly people. what he is. He's a glorified innings week? eater. You love that. I'll use him at Toronto. What if Vlad's in the lineup? All right, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I you can't know what? wait. That changes things. How long, how long he should be. be? He should be. How long does he have to be down for? Do we have a date yet? We're, we're already past it. We are? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're past it. I, I, it was like April 13th. But he was what? hurt. But he was hurt, so I thought maybe it was a little bit longer than oh, that. Oh, maybe then. Is that what it, does it go based on how many games he plays? Yes, active in yeah. It was just yes. a point in the season. I think it's games that you play. Okay, so then it's coming up. Mm-hmm. Let, let's do this right now. We'll look at the Blue Jays' schedule. I mean, they, obviously they have to debut May first, maybe. You got to debut him at home. Same, what about Lindor? Same thing, probably. Right? Lindor will be back this weekend potentially. Oh, I hope so. Like a week, he might oh, next week as early as tomorrow. That's, Frankie that's, Lindor. That is this weekend, so that counts. Uh, wow. The weekend's more like Friday, Saturday, Friday. Sunday. That's the weekend. <laughs> it is the weekend. Depends who you ask. No, it doesn't. Uh, let's see. The weekend's here. coming. <laughs> All right, home game's coming up. April 23rd against who? The Giants. So you think it'll be up in five days? All right, uh, this upcoming homestand, April 23rd through 28th, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will debut in one of those games. This is when do they come back after about the about as confident that I've been about something. Well, last time you said this, Willie Calhoun was coming Ronald up. Acuna was going to debut on April 11th yeah. or 12th. Oh, you were so hyped for that. It didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't happen. <laughs> we went, we, we, I'll never forget, we went to a Yankee game. We're just, we have great seats. He's just sitting on his phone watching Ronald Acuna. <laughs> I'm a baseball fan. His favorite player. We're at a Yankee game. We are literally at a Yankee game. <laughs> it's Ron Ron. Come on, man. Ron Ron. All right, so. Is that your favorite player? Uh, no, he's not my favorite. One of them, though. I like Ronald Acuna a lot. Um. <laughs> So after April 28th, Greg, the next time that the Blue Jays are home is May 6th. So they're not going to wait that long. They and definitely could wait that long. Well, every report that I've seen, I don't, unless you've seen something different, is the Toronto Blue Jays front office is saying he's going to be up sooner rather than later. May 6th isn't later. May 6th isn't that far away. Yeah, yeah but it's also April 18th. So you're telling me... Two weeks. 
between April 23rd and 28th, they can't debut him? I mean, that's as far as 10 days away. They could definitely debut him during that. I don't know. To me, it's like you go on a road no, trip. You go to a road trip, things go wrong, and they're like, all right, let's bring up flat. All right, we yeah, had yeah. Uh, we, we had a gentleman's bet regarding Pete Alonso, which you won. I did. And I'll, I'll bet you double or nothing on this. That he's up that between... He's up on this homestand between the 23rd and the 28th. The next 10 days. Mm. I, I, he's up. He's up during that span. Now, why May 6th? You said that'll be the arbitration... Period right there is that the we don't know we don't know I don't know originally the 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 time when they gain an extra year of control was April twelfth April twelfth or thirteenth yeah, it was right. around that time but he didn't start the year but you know what I think he played he did, five right? games in AAA what, what was his first day play, first game played in AAA or A or A ball uh, just in general this in general season. April fourth April fourth that was a rehab assignment but the, but the minor league season starts a little bit later, so he might have actually started the year on time. I don't want to make this bet. I don't feel confident yet. Yeah, this is he's gonna it's be convoluted. He's going to be it, up. Yeah, I, he's going to be up between the 23rd and 20th. Sooner rather than later. So do you trust, do you trust Jeff Samarja, Greg, if uh, Vlad Guerrero's in the in line? No. No, Frank. Do I ever trust Jeff Samarja? No. No, Frank. No, Frank. How about this? April 24th in Toronto, Roger Center, is Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Bobblehead day. Raj, change it. Wow, and he's not on out of the it. team. Is he, is he going to be back up for that? <laughs> you better be. Because he got sent down. Are you going to give up a, give out a bobblehead of a guy who got sent down? Yeah. I don't think so. I doubt it. Maybe they should make that They're Vlad back bobblehead up. night. Huh? Switch it uh, up. Uh-huh. I want to thank Nick Costas for joining us. I want to thank Sean, Chris, and Alex downstairs. For Chris Venture, Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. Well, let's, let's thank Dr. A also. Yeah. He was helpful today. All right. Thank you, Dr. A. Let's do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.